Oh, God. What is that smell? It's rancid. Um, it's the dog? Yeah, the dog. That uh, Dorito Loco Gordita didn't really sit well with him. Why would you... Oh, good. A game. Maybe it'll delete the smell. Welcome to Incoming Game, the podcast where we watch and rewatch the 90s animated series reboot. I'm Ben, a newcomer to this series. And I'm Jessica, a longtime fan. Each week we'll recap and review, inject some trivia, and find our frostiest moments. So how are you doing today, Ben? I'm doing pretty well. How are you? <sighs> I'm tired. <laughs> but not too tired to do a podcast. That's good. Are you staying hydrated? Probably not enough. But I'm also not eating any unformat commands, so... I'm doing better than some people. Well, that's good. Oh, man. Can we just go ahead and call this episode Dog Farts, the motion picture? Dog Farts, I think, is an accurate title for this episode. This is going to be a short one. It is. It's going to be a short one. It's a very to-the-point episode. There's not a lot of fluff here. There's no game. There's no B storyline. There isn't. It's very simple, linear plot. Not a ton to talk about. Yeah, but uh, we'll give it a go anyways. All right. Well, let's do it. All right, so we're on season one, episode six, In the Belly of the Beast, a very literal title. This first aired December 3rd, 1994. So last episode was listed as airing on December 31st. I'm not sure if this is an error on IMDb's part or if they were originally aired out of order or what the deal was, but this is the listing I have. As far as I know, IMDb is similar to Wikipedia where like anybody can just put anything. Yeah, so it's possible there's some inaccuracies there. It was written by Mark Hoffmeyer and story was by Mark Hoffmeyer and Lane Reichert. And we open up with Hack and Slash shaking down old man Pearson. Yeah, they want information, and uh, he's got a real Scottish brogue. I tell you no, like I told you before. I've got nothing, you nosy git. What are you daft? So I'm, I'm assuming that he's voiced by the same guy as Cecil and Fong, just by uh, default. It was not, actually. Um, so old man Pearson's actually voiced by someone named Long John Baldry. What? <laughs> Sounds like a pirate. <laughs> He's actually going to play a pirate next episode, <laughs> which is going to be pretty fun. I don't know if Long is his real first name. <laughs> it's his Christian name. Wikipedia says that John William is his real name, but I guess, you know, he didn't want to get in on that John Williams action. So he went with Long John instead. <laughs> <laughs> he also wears a very fine hat and is a blues singer. Oh, yeah. It says he sang with Rod Stewart and Elton John. Yeah. Hold on. He's also Dr. Robotnik. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> you finally found a way to put Dr. Robotnik in the show in a legitimate way. Yes. Uh, but here he is the Scottish version of an homage to one of the co-creators, Ian Pearson. We have referenced Old Man Pearson before. This is the first time we're meeting Old Man Pearson. So yeah, Old Man Pearson is being shaken down by Hack and Slash, and Megabyte is overseeing via vid window. Yeah, so he's looking for something. So is he just regularly like looking for parts at the dump? That's what it seems to imply, that we don't know what kind of stuff comes through this dump, and he expects Pearson to give him the good stuff when it does come by. <laughs> and perhaps since Bob's arrival, Pearson is maybe not putting up the good stuff like he used to. Yeah, he's holding out, so they have to uh, check the log, and they find out there's this uh, old unformat command he's been keeping for Megabyte. So, of course, he immediately sends the binomes out to go check the trash. I love, he uh, he says to uh, Pearson, he's like, tell me, do you always lie? He's so seductive and menacing. And then Pearson calls Megabyte a ruddy git. 
it's funny when you kind of think back to it, because it probably was the first time that a lot of people in 1994 had heard the term ready git. But by the time seven Harry Potter books had come along, every child knew to call someone a ready git. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so the minions start searching the dump, but uh, not efficiently enough for Megabyte. He's like real, uh, does a deep exasperated sigh and then offers a reward to the one who finds it. Which, you know, they're searching a literal junkyard for a piece of junk. Like, you don't get more needle in a haystack than that. <laughs> they got like a coil and like, I think one of them picks up like a discarded arm. Yeah, one of them picks up a discarded arm, which I thought was great. But eventually, one binom does actually find it. So I don't know how he knew what to look for, but he does find it. Well, I guess they must know what an unformat command looks like. They just didn't know that they had it until they checked the logs. Right. But yeah, he gets his reward of being unformatted. Which is, yeah, he has, Megabyte has hack and slash test the device right on the binary who found it, which uh, destroys him. I can't imagine that Megabyte gets a lot of good reviews on Glassdoor. <laughs> he does that um, secret boss. Yeah, secret boss. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a binom just like you. <laughs> I hear Megabyte's got like an eight pack. Uh. <laughs> but they don't get too far because as they start to head out with the unformat command, Hack and Slash get crushed by a claw. Perhaps you'd like a little more room. Excuse me, it's dark. I cannot see. Stretch out. You're close to me. Well, they, they play keep away with the device first. And then, yeah, Bob snatches them both up with the claw. The tank tries chasing him around a little bit, but Bob gets it crushed in, like, into a trash compactor. While Hack and Slash are trying to escape the crane, they drop the unformat command. And Frisket just gobbles it right up. Just like, like any good dog, it's constantly eating things that are going to make it sick. It really is so realistic to being a dog. She's like, oh, there's a thing. I'll eat it. <laughs> like, Come on, drop it. Drop it. No. On my second look through, I noticed right in the beginning when they're panning over old man Pearson's data dump, we see Frisket on top of one of the machines. Oh, do you? So you're, he's already there. So I don't know if he just hangs out in the junkyard because we know he doesn't hang out with Bob. He's a junkyard dog. He could be a junkyard dog. Maybe just while Enzo's in school. Yeah, I just thought it was, he just randomly walked up just conveniently. I didn't see him hanging out there in the beginning. That's what I assumed, too, that he was, like, there with Bob or something, which it makes more sense that he would be just be hanging out in the junkyard, I guess, than hanging out with Bob. <laughs> so Pearson's really ungrateful, too, when Bob returns. He's still tied up, and uh, you get, of course, you get, like, that Scottish, like, whistle. <sighs> Back at the lair, Megabyte's chewing out Hack and Slash. He's like, you let a dog eat it? Are you kidding me? And they promise they're going to try and get that dog back, but Megabyte knows the deal. He knows, don't grab that dog. Grab Anzo. He has a cunning plan that involves getting the boy. Get me the boy. So we jump back to the diner. And Bob is trying to tell his heroic story, but Cecil is undermining him by letting him know that he smells very badly. <laughs> Frisket does stagger inside, and he's looking all green. And Cecil's like, no, no, no. If you're going to throw up, you do it outside. Get the fuck out. But he's so sick that he even lets Bob go near him and touch him, which, you know, is a real sign. <laughs> Still snarling. But uh, so Bob pops the hood on Frisket's snout. <laughs> yeah, which apparently runs on a diesel engine of some sort. He has like a boat motor inside <laughs> him. And we also get the first of many dog fart jokes of this episode, yeah. which is... Frisket just lying there in the restaurant, farting up a storm, and everyone just going, ugh, ugh, ugh. 
Baba uses some electro binoculars and discovers the erase command right away. And it's trying to unformat his stomach. But instead of trying to remove it, he just says, well, hopefully he'll pass it. He gives him a little puppy pectic, which is all he can do. He's not a vet. Yeah, he's the best I can do. Some super user. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it does seem to get rid of a little bit of the green color. Cecil's not having it, though. He's like, come on, this is a restaurant. Get your farting dog out of here. Yeah, all, you can tell everyone wants that dog out of there. No one is eating. No one is looking at anything on this dog. So they try and shoo him out, but since he's feeling a little better, he still he starts growling again. Dot realizes, okay, go, go find uh, Enzo. <laughs> she and uh, Megabyte have the same plan. Yeah, <laughs> just <laughs> the boy. Uh, and he does. The diner patrons all sigh in relief. They don't have to watch the dog throw up. Or smell the farts anymore. Yeah. So Enzo conveniently uh, walks up right away. Yeah, he's on his way home from school. And uh, is immediately abducted. Yeah, it, there's no waiting around here. As soon as he comes up, he's saying, what's the matter, boy? And there, Hack and Slash are coming up behind him. Brisket does chase after them. He like tugs on their uh, handicap ramp for a while. I think we get two things here. Um, we already knew Frisky was strong, but like we see he's for sure super strong. And two, we get to see the relationship between Frisket and Enzo, which will continue throughout the life of the series. A boy and his dog. Yeah, exactly. He may be horribly sick, but he's still going to go find his boy. <laughs> but as he crawls to the lair, he gets put inside a dog carrier. Enzo says not to hurt him, and Megabyte's like, hurt is not the word. Take him to the tank! So yeah, they lure him into the cage, and uh, we head back to Dot's diner. For like two seconds. For two seconds, <laughs> where we learn that Dot is very worried that Enzo hasn't shown up. We see her look longingly out at the other young binomes that have are headed at home from school. Bob asks what's wrong. He's patting her hand reassuringly in this moment. So shippers, here's your uh <laughs> we zoom out in this like five second scene, leaving them alone with like hands holding on the on the table and she's like, Oh, what's going on with this two? Hmm <laughs> Well, I think it was last week with the prison break. Bob's basically patting her on the butt as they walk back to the diner. <laughs> yeah, these two are definitely hooking up on the side. <laughs> back at the lair, they got like a weird Frankenbinome operating some levers. And I freeze framed on him and it looks like he's wearing some pink bunny slippers. He is exactly wearing some pink bunny slippers. <laughs> he is a recurring character. I called him Frankenbinome too. I've always called him Frankenbinome. Nice. Uh, apparently, that's the common fan parlance is to call him Frankenbinome. But he actually has a name, which we'll discuss later. Is it Frank and Binome? No, it is not <laughs> at all related to being Frank or a Binome. <laughs> Enzo does his slimy head bob again. They like recycled that from the second episode. Yeah, the little. Mm, 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 mm. <laughs> I was pretty impressed for a moment because Megabyte is showing some empathy here. He says, you, you know, take the boy away. He doesn't have to watch this. And I'm just like, oh. The boy doesn't need to see this. Megabyte, that's so nice of you. And then Enzo's just like, well, can I say goodbye? And he's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll so, say, oh. And then they immediately, like, start poking Frisket with, like, cattle prods. <laughs> like, moment of empathy passed. <laughs> he's like, listen, I said you didn't have to watch. But, uh, yeah, no way you're going to try and trick me into, like, letting you <laughs> help him escape. He's genre savvy. But Hack and Slash are not genre savvy. <laughs> It only no. takes us some yo-yo tricks. Well, they managed to get Frisket into the tank wearing a muzzle and cement shoes. 
Megabyte tells them to open him up, and we get this, like, cackling mad doctor binome who's, like, operating a claw while Enzo's watching. Yes, so Frankenbinome and Air Doctor are actually recurring characters. There's another binome there as well, that the three of them are kind of like a group that we'll meet a lot throughout the series. Mm-hmm. Which Air Doctor does not speak, really, in this episode, but he, he does, ah. yeah, he, he speaks a lot in later episodes, so <laughs> we'll get some fun lines from him. But uh, some quick walking the dog yo-yo tricks manages to switch off the containment field, which is all it takes for Frisket to get an exit. Uh, He jumps on the glass on top of Megabyte and then grabs his boy and gets the F out. They take an elevator down to the lower decks. They still haven't learned how to animate walk cycles yet. Everyone in this scene like moves so oddly on foot. Yeah, we get a really great walk cycle at the end of this episode, (laughs) which I'm going to comment on. Uh, but now they're running through the bowels of Megabyte's lair, pursued by infected binomes. Um, they manage to tag Frisket with some ropes, but Frisket can tear parts of tanks off. So <laughs> pulling along some binomes is a pretty easy job. Yeah, Enzo rides Frisket like a horse, and before they come upon <laughs> some important looking wires, which Frisket immediately puts in his mouth, having learned nothing. <laughs> it sounds like you read my notes almost word for word. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did not actually. <laughs> And I wrote the same thing. He immediately chews on it and has not learned his lesson. <laughs> <laughs> I like this part. Megabyte, he like walks down this corridor and comes across several possible tunnels in a completely silent shot for some reason. I think it's notable because it's the only scene without some kind of background score. Huh, that did not jump out at me. Interesting. He just like scans left, le- right, left, and it's just like completely dead silence. But the lack of power gives him a bit of a clue as to where Enzo and Frisket are hiding. So he sends the binomes towards them while he goes around to the back. And we get some more dog farts as Frisket and Enzo find the armory. Yeah. Frisket grabs a blaster. Enzo makes a creepy face as he grabs it and starts firing. But uh, what comes out? Just a BSNP approved inflatable raft. So this was actually really fun for me because it's been forever since I've watched this series, like a really long time. So a lot of these earlier episodes, especially, like I'm not remembering a lot until after it's through. Mm -hmm. But the moment I saw Enzo pick up that gun, I knew the exact scene that was happening. And it was really (laughs) fun just to be like, oh, yeah, this is the part where the raft comes out and then Frisket goes on the thing and the... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like suddenly I was just like oh yeah I know this so I'm looking forward to a lot of the season two season three episodes where like I really know them and we'll get that feeling more where I'm just like oh yeah this episode where this happens but yes BSMP approved because we can't have children shooting guns <laughs> that doesn't stop Frisket from firing a whole bunch of missiles their way though I guess it's okay if it's dogs and I don't know <laughs> dogs with guns dogs with guns well, they grab a hover tank and they fly out of there with Megabyte in hot pursuit. Megabyte was yelling at the minions to go back in there after being shot at with, with missiles. So they do try. They, they do attempt. But Enzo pulling out with the tank immediately crushes them against the wall. And then Hack and Slash try and stop the tank by just putting their hands out and hoping that Enzo will stop. That doesn't work. <laughs> Enzo does freak out about it, though, and starts pushing the levers back and forth willy-nilly, which just crashes them back and forth into the wall. He's not a very good driver. 
Megabyte launches himself in front of the tank and it skids to a halt with this strange like dirt effect on the ground. And then he just picks up the tank and starts slamming it around in this like tantrum rage. And once again, we get to see that Megabyte is super strong too. I think, you know, Megabyte and Frisket would be an interesting direct match. I'm curious which one of them is stronger. He does. He pulls like a Kylo Ren tantrum. He does. Just throwing it around. But uh, Enzo and Frisket have jumped out at this point and uh, Enzo escapes up a ventilation pipe. Where Frisco. We'll start calling him Frisco now. I'm going to call him Frisket Leia because he saw the garbage chute and said, into the, into the garbage chute, flyboy, <laughs> and threw his boy down there. Frisco snarls at Megabyte and he shows off a gold tooth. Has he always had that gold tooth? Yes, he has always had the gold oh, tooth. First time I really noticed it. He's a badass dog. <laughs> Megabyte like stops for a minute and he's like, wait a minute, why am I chasing them myself? This is what I have fucking minions for. <laughs> <laughs> this scene... Megabyte, first of all, you're standing literally right there. It takes you more time to tell them to go over and do that than it does for you to just grab them. <laughs> but two, hack and slash stand literally no chance. No, they're immediately disassembled off screen in like a half second. <laughs> yeah, it, I don't even know what Frisk it does because we don't see it. He just barks and they fall apart. <laughs> it takes him like a second and they are gone. So Frisket gives a fart for the road and then jumps down the chute. Yeah, it just leaves one <laughs> for them to, to linger in. <laughs> They get to the top of the building. Enzo watches as Frisket pulls a face. And did he just take a dump right there on the building? He just crapped all over that weird construction thing they're on. We hear him fart and then Enzo just like cringes and wipes his hand in front of his face. Like, ugh. Frisket. I felt like I could smell how bad that poop was. <laughs> I have two bulldogs, and let me tell you, yeah, <laughs> it's potent. So, yeah, Frisket's feeling a lot better now, though. Yeah, he got it out of his system, <laughs> which I guess, yeah, it didn't, it didn't end up disassembling him. He's able to withstand that. He's got a strong stomach. He does. I'm, I'm sure the puppy peptic help a little bit, but... <laughs> yeah. So what is this scene here when they slide down to the ground? Enzo kind of slides down on a pole, and he tells Frisket, he's like, come on, it's easy, and Frisket just, like, jumps down from what should be a deadly height. <laughs> And he's just completely unharmed. Just like, bloop. Yeah, I think Frisket might be like, I don't know, they're all on a computer. But I was going to say, he's almost like a robot. <laughs> he literally has an engine in his nose. He has the strength of a tank. And he can jump from a skyscraper to the ground without being hurt. He might be a Terminator. This is what happens when you take a nice, satisfying shit. So yeah, they just walk home. And Enzo is doing the biggest pimp walk down the street. <laughs> this is the walk cycle I was thinking of earlier. And they randomly finally run into Bob and Dot, who get all awkward. They have to, like, pretend that they were actually just on their way to rescue him. They're like, yeah, we were just uh, just going to come save you. Uh, you're already done. <laughs> How did they know he got kidnapped by Megabyte? When did they find this out? <laughs> I don't know. They were just relishing their alone time, I think. Just taking their sweet-ass time. Like, should we do something about Enzo? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> they were uh, getting rid of that tear in the basement again. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so the final scene, uh, Hack and Slash make it up to the top of the building, and uh, Megabyte steps in Frisket's mess, and disgusted, he tells them to delete that and clean it up. So I guess the uh, device is unusable now. It's been tainted. The device is unusable, and they have Megabyte limp away with a little sound effect every time squish, it's on the... Squish, <laughs> squish, squish. <laughs> and, yeah, that's, that's the end of the episode. Remote. What were your thoughts on the episode? Like I said last week, I feel like the plots and the humor are starting to coalesce into something, you know, that's a bit more uh, fast-paced and watchable. Yeah, I definitely agree. I keep going back to that episode where we had Bob walk awkwardly over to a seat just to miss it. 
Right. Yeah, it's definitely none of that is in here. Like the jokes are they're landing. Uh there's no awkward timing, but the plot itself of this one was just so straightforward that it felt like the B plot of a larger story. Yes, exactly. You know what it seemed like to me sometimes when they have an episode, I'm going to use Doctor Who as an example, when basically the main characters aren't in the episode, so that way they can film two episodes at once, except this is an animated series, so they don't need to hire the actors to do different things. Yes, it definitely <laughs> felt like that. Or there's an episode of Buffy called The Zeppo, where it's all about Xander running around having his own adventure while the world is ending. Right. You know, he's he feels like the B-plot of this larger episode. Uh, and in this one, there was no larger episode. You know, there's no game coming down that, that Bob's fighting. There's no large virus taking over. Like, no one's turning to stone. And it's just, he got kidnapped, he got out, and we're, we're done. Fart, fart, fart. Fart, fart, fart. <laughs> so, yeah, it wasn't a bad episode by any means. It just, there wasn't a lot of there there. But after watching the boat gun scene, I'm really looking forward to those episodes that I remember more. Because I know there's some really good stuff coming up. I wonder if the raft was a response specifically to like a scene that they had already done and were told they had to change. It's very possible. I mean, if they had him pick up a gun to shoot the binomes with. Because putting the BSNP approved raft in there seems like a take that to like something that they tried to do and were told no. And so they had to change it. It feels very deliberate. Yeah. But it was, it's a fun joke, even without knowing the BSMP part. Mm -hmm. So I think it's pretty well written. It's funny because you're undercutting the expectation of him shooting people with a silly raft. And then it's fun on the layer of, I see what you did there. (laughs) Alphanumeric. So it's time for bits and bites. Do you have any trivia for us? I do. So first, start with the title. It's possible the reboot Wikipedia says the title is a direct reference to the book called In the Belly of the Beast by Jack Henry Abbott. I think it's probably just more likely that it's playing on the common phrase In the Belly of the Beast. The beast here being brisket obviously eats something. But, you know, I'm I'm throwing out the the book there just in case, you know, that's one of the writer's favorite books. So, But we get multiple Jurassic Park references. Oh, do we? uh, Which I read your notes and I saw you did not pick up on it. And I was just like, what? No, that completely went past (laughs) me. Yeah. So the cage that we have frisket originally enter is like directly the cage that the raptor is in in the Ah, opening scene of jurassic park clever girl exactly we even get the scene of the multiple workers around with the prods which is the exact scene from jurassic park oh my gosh and you know what yeah that would have been like a year after yeah, was, so Jurassic Park came out in 93. This episode aired the end of 94. So when they were making this episode... That's like a real timely reference. Yeah, I'm sure they had just watched Jurassic Park and were just like, we're going to put that in there. The second one being where Frisket jumps out of the glass and the glass lands on Megabyte. Okay. And he growls at Megabyte through the glass, which is what the T-Rex does to poor Lex and Tim. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you know what? It's been so long since I've seen the original Jurassic Park. Yeah, that completely went past me i watched it not too long ago and i was just like man such a good movie see this is actually our first episode without a game no it's our second no so previously medusa bug we didn't have a game that we saw but we did have a game come down at the end of the episode true yeah so this is gameless completely yes this is there's no game there's no reference to a game there's no warning incoming game 
We don't see a game leave right at the beginning. So there's zero game in this episode. You know what? I just wondered, maybe it was like kind of like a thing where it's like, well, we got to we gotta have an episode that focuses on the kid. You know, we've had too much Bob and Dot. You know, so have a have an Enzo-centric episode. Yeah, it's very possible. And I mean, Enzo gets much more lovable and fun to watch as the show goes on. Earlier on, we're just like, oh, God, this kid's annoying. But I mean, he <laughs> he actually grows into his character the more we watch. So He's the Wesley Crusher of this show. He's <laughs> And then our last bits and bites. So this is our first look at Air Doctor and uh, Bunnyfoot. Bunnyfoot. Yeah, that's his real name is Bunnyfoot. Because <laughs> he wears his bunny slippers. Oh, I love Bunnyfoot. He's never <laughs> called Bunnyfoot in the show. I'll probably continue to call him Frankenbinom because, I mean, look at him. Yeah, that was my, <laughs> my first reaction was Frankenbinom. Because he got, he's got like an arm up on the top of his thing. His eye is down in the middle. Yeah, he's like made from different parts of binomes. He's got like a weird scar across the forehead, you know. So yeah, they're, they're series regulars. Um, they do have one other guy that's like a little assistant zero binome that walks around with them. But Air Doctor and Bunnyfoot are the main two of the three. And Air Doctor will get lines and he speaks in a German accent. And he's actually the only binome that has digits. You mean? Has fingers. Oh, fingers <laughs> so and that will be a i won't say a plot point but <laughs> it comes up later it's referenced <laughs> what do the other ones have now i'm wondering they have those little like it looks like mittens almost they've got like a thumb and a little flat like a lego so he's got gloves and they've got mittens yeah exactly so we don't have a game this week but you know what i've got a game for you uh-oh What's the game? The game is, let's try and guess what Bob and Dot were doing while Enzo was on his adventure. Oh, man, I know we weren't this as explicit, but I don't know how much detail I can go into. (laughs) Well, I pitched this to you originally as a role play, but now I don't know. (laughs) So what do you think? So um, am I I Bob or Dot in this? (laughs) No, 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 just just describe to me what you think. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. All right, well, Bob and Dot go out to try and find a lost Enzo, and they happen upon a virus binome who just watched his friend die at the hands of Hack and Slash for the order of Megabyte just because he had found the unformat command first. And he's done with Megabyte and all his ridiculousness. He doesn't care if he's an infected binome or not. And so he sees our heroes walking down the street and tells them immediately all of Megabyte's evil plans. <laughs> and so Bob and Dot convince him to be their virus on the inside. So from now on, anytime you see like a suspicious looking virus binome, mm-hmm. that's our guy on the inside. Uh-huh. That's the one that is trying to fight Megabyte. He's the mole. From the inside. That's my, that's my game. <laughs> 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 what about you? What do you got? <laughs> well, I think... They sent Frisket off to look for Enzo, and then they sat down to watch, I don't know, season two of Stranger Things. <laughs> Realized it was getting late. Enzo hasn't come back yet, and uh, but you know what? They're they're fine with that. It gives them some alone time. Like you said, you know, Dot's a, Dot's a little worried, but you know what? She's like, I mean, he's got a home life. You know, he doesn't spend all of his day at the diner, so uh, I'm not going to worry too much about it. He'll probably be here tomorrow. <laughs> So they gather up their friends together. They get, like, you know, Cecil and some of the other binomes, and they do a little game night. You know, they play some Settlers of Catan right there at the diner. I think uh, Cecil really, like, gets too serious with it, and he, like, uh, just ruins the game for everybody, and everybody just kind of goes home kind of a little bit disappointed and mad. (laughs) 
Um, but then, yeah, I think maybe a game does come down, and that's just it's just off screen. So this this whole thing is just another episode that we might see later. And this game, I guess, a fitting thematically, uh, the game is obviously Boogerman. Boogerman. Yeah, a pick and flick adventure. Oh. Uh, he, is, he has the power of he has the power of farts and belches. This is a real game. I don't know if you've ever encountered this. I have never heard of this game before. <laughs> yeah, so he's a superhero. I I gotta look this up. I feel like. I, this can't be real. No, seriously, look up Boogerman. is a real video game. Oh my god, I can't believe this is real. It's so gross looking. It's like an earthworm gym type thing. But yeah, so they have a good old time. And then as they're just coming back from the game, um, that's when Enzo runs up and he's like, Hey guys! And they're like, Oh, hey, yeah, you! <laughs> <laughs> I think my favorite part of your version of events is that Dot, the guardian of her little brother, is just like, Oh, he's not here? I guess he'll just be here tomorrow. She still wants some alone time, you know? All right, well, I hope you enjoyed our game for this episode. (laughs) This is wrong. This is all wrong. All right, Ben, did you have any frosty moments for the Golden Pigtails this week? Yes, so for new listeners, the Golden Pigtail Award is named for a scene in the first episode in which we award our frostiest moment, which could be something funny or something weird, a, a strange bit of animation, something that stuck out to us. There was a few funny parts for me, uh, then I had a couple nominees, but I think my main one is going to be Enzo's creeper face that he makes when he grabs the gun. Oh, that face is so creepy. That's he, a good one. <laughs> he leans in, barrels the camera. Yeah, they changed the lighting for that scene specifically yeah. for the face that's so like little underlit. That's good. So I had a runner-up, uh, which is going to be Enzo doing that pimp walk at the end. <laughs> it was so weird looking. But my winner has to be the boat gun scene, just per pure nostalgia. I think I maybe saw it in like a music video a bunch or something. There's a lot of music videos, by the way. Or there were when I was in college in the early 2000s. So I'm going to assume that they were all to like Linkin Park songs. I think there might have been one or two to Linkin Park. <laughs> I, there is one that's done to I'm Blue. Dabba oh, dee, dabba die, because yes. Bob is, is blue. There is one to, I need a hero. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, there's some good ones. I think that might have been a scene that like played a lot in one of them. Like For some reason, it just I knew that scene, and so it gets my frosty moment for the week. So did we have any feedback this week? We did. So Josh at Unique Exemplar on Twitter, has filled us in on some virus info. One of the reasons that Megabyte and Hex don't get along is that Megabyte is a control virus and Hex is a chaos virus. They simply don't get along by their very nature. Uh, So thanks, Josh. And then we also had some tweets from Stephen Gower, who's at Stephen G on Twitter. And he had a question about the sprite we saw in episode four that is turned to stone in Hex's lair. We didn't have an answer, but thankfully Gavin stepped in for us to let us know that it was actually Stripe, who's the orange striped sprite that we see in episode three at Owls. Oh, okay. So uh, thanks for listening, guys. If you guys want to reach out to us on Twitter or any social media, please do. We love talking to you. I think it's time to make this voyage unprofitable what are we enjoying this week any recommendations guess what i'm gonna recommend some more comics this week i'm gonna recommend you go to panelsyndicate.com this is a site created by brian Kavon, marcos martin and munza vicente brian Kavon, you might know as the writer of why the last man and runaways he's super famous and writes really great stuff uh marcos martin and Munza Vincente, our husband and wife pair that do the liner and the colors um, respectively and their work is absolutely gorgeous and these comics are full issues of comics uh, but they're pay what you want 
They're all digital. You can pay them zero. You can pay them 500 bucks. They're absolutely gorgeous comics. They've got right now three different comics that they've created. Barrier, Private Eye, an exclusive Walking Dead comic. And they've got a few more by some other creators. Uh, Ken Nomura has created Umami on there right now. Albert Montez has created Universe. And we also have one called Black Hand, Iron Head by David Lopez, which is a superhero comic. So yeah, just go check them out. They're really fun. It's at panelsyndicate.com. Well, I'm going to surprise you, actually, and I'm going to recommend a webcomic. <gasps> what? Yeah, so one of my favorite webcomics that is over now, but it's still a very good read, is uh, Octopus Pie by Meredith Gran. It focuses on the misadventures of 20-something women living in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, largely character-based narrative, mixing drama, light humor. It's very good, it's very funny, and uh, yeah, it's well worth your time. I recommend it. Nice, I'll check it out. So what's happening next week? Next week, we're getting, I'm very excited for this, the Crimson Binome. The Crimson Binome. Yes, we're getting pirates. Pirates? Space pirates? More like web pirates. Do these pirates, perchance, come from a bay? (laughs) You know, if this was four or five, however many years later, I don't think it's a direct reference to Pirate Bay. But we're getting uh, Long John back again to voice the Crimson Binome himself, as well as the crew of the Saucy Bear. And I am super excited about it. The Saucy Bear? Is that the name of the ship? (laughs) The Saucy Mare. I thought you said the Saucy Bear. They're all great characters, and I'm very excited we get to meet them for the first time. So where can people find you online, Jess? You can find me at Stervino Lady. That's on Twitter, that's on Facebook, that's on Instagrams, and that's S-T-I-R-V-I-N-O Lady. How about you, Ben? They can find me on Twitter at Dudworks, D-U-D Works, W-O-R-K-S, Dudworks Art on Facebook, or Dudworks.com, the website. I do some freelance illustration here and there, occasional web comics, and mostly just blather on online about random stuff. Awesome. So I'd like to give a shout out to Kevin McLeod, who did our theme songs, Basmatica Boca. I'd like to give a shout out to Gavin Blair, who's been continuing to uh, hit us up with some interesting trivia with each episode we drop. Yes, thank you so much, Gavin. It's been super fun to be able to see some behind the scenes stuff. If you guys haven't checked us out on Twitter, we're at Incoming Game Pod, and you too can get up to the minute updates and just chat along with a bunch of fans and one of the creators of the show. All right, so before we go... I've been thinking about this for a while, and I've written Dog Farts the Musical. Oh, no. There's not rapping, is there? Dog Farts the Musical. (laughs) (laughs) Stay frosty, folks. Game over. The user wins.